red and yellow and pink and green, purple and orange and blue. I can sing a rainbow, sing a rainbow, sing a rainbow for you. This is Taya. And I'm Reverend Colette Duval-Pandela, and our talk today is called Color Your World. And that is a song that I learned when I was 11 years old from my best friend, and we used to sing it in rounds. <laughs> so every time I hear the word color, I have to sing that rainbow song. <laughs> Good girl. You want to stay there for a moment? Kay has just been calling to me lately. She's our tricolor timber. <laughs> it's really, um, you know, in, when it comes to color, when it comes to symbols, it activates the vibration of our reptilian brain. So I'm going to talk today about how you can use color, inspired by Cheryl's song that she um, wrote and that we're going to hear later. But um, look at her. In case you're wondering what creation is like and what creation is for and how you fit as creation in the world, just look how sure she is of herself. How she just sits there unapologetically. Taking it all in. <laughs> Hearing all the sounds. You know, they're all about their senses. And we've been walking upright for so long and culturally domesticated for so long to be in our heads that we forget to listen. And if you consciously listen to the sounds in the room, you will start to feel your body and become aware of what's touching your skin and where you're sitting and your feet on the ground. And that's called awareness. Go ahead, go on. You can go play. Go play. Go to dad. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to talk about is colors and how they affect us today. Meister Eckhart says, race cars. <laughs> that's a 55 mile an hour speed limit out there. <laughs> I don't think that's what they were going <laughs> <laughs> we hear them all the time because it echoes through the canyon. Everything that, everything that happens here, including the wolves and their howling, echoes through this canyon along with the wind. The eye through which I see God is the same eye through which God sees me. My eye and God's eye are one. One seeing, one knowing, one love. So please join me. I always open with a um, meditative prayer. And so what I like to ask is that you kind of uncross yourself and don't hold on to yourself and actually just breathe. The chair you're sitting in will hold you and Mother Earth has the chair. So you don't have to hold on to anything.
I know. I know when I look at this creature and I look around me and I see the world and I hear the wind, I know that there is a creative energy and it is intelligent and that they, it is the creation and the creator of all creation <laughs> and that we are perfect, whole, complete, mathematically correct manifestations of this energy, this thought process. And I know that I am and you are perfect, whole, and complete as a result. That there is nothing else in creation that is more special than we because we are made from the same stuff. And I claim for each and every one of you that your heart's desire is leading you to a divine purpose that is the reason for you to be here. There is a mission for you on the planet. And you don't have to do anything except be you authentically in order to accomplish it. There's nothing for you to do, be, or have that's going to make you more special than you are sitting in this chair right now in front of me. And if you don't believe me, let her look at you and she will see you and show you who you are that maybe you have forgotten. And that's what woke wisdom is. And so I'm so grateful. <laughs> for everything that has come before me, that is here now, that is coming in the future into infinity because life continues on and on and on. And I release these words knowing that they're held in the hands of grace. And there's nothing else that needs to be said about that except, and so it is. Aho, which is the native. Namaste. <laughs> Amen, which means, so let it be. Khalil Gibran says, let me, oh, let me bathe my soul in colors. Let me swallow the sunset and drink the rainbow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Jacqueline Ripstein says, colors are vibrating light energies. Each color ray produces a sound that affects matter. So if color is a vibration, there's a sound to that vibration. So then it connects us to sound, that connects us to our other senses, that connects to you, that resonates inside of you, that lives in your being. It's like playing you with music. Alice Walker, who wrote The Color Purple. She says, I think it pisses God off if you walk by col the color par purple in a field somewhere and you don't notice it. <laughs> right? I grew up in Texas, and I would come out, because um, I was involved in drama, and I would come out after we did a rehearsal or whatever, and it was always like this amazing sunset. And I would be the only one that would come out not looking for the car because my parents were never picking me up <laughs> so I could get in and get home. I would walk out in these amazing sunsets and I'd just stand there in awe. And then however it happened, I'm sure that in my, my desire when we were looking for a property to, to live on, the sun comes up over here every single morning and it's incredible and I don't know how but you can see the colors over here too so we're surrounded by sunrise and then when the sun sets you see the colors over there like it's sun rising too so I don't know if anybody else's property does that but ours does that I don't know how I'm sure it's some kind of prism thing <laughs> some kind of physics thing but it awes me all the time. So now you guys know we have chakras, right? Some people don't recognize them, but we have energy centers and they're represented by colors. And um, people have used them for healing and used color for healing since ancient Egypt, since ancient India for all kinds of things. They're bringing it back sound therapy, light therapy, you're using it to help people. 
heal from illnesses, you know, these new illnesses. I um, talked about last time that I was uh, reading a book called Dying to Be Me, this woman who basically died of cancer. And before she was off of life support, she decided to come back. And three weeks later, her fourth stage lymphoma cancer was gone. And what she learned is that just to be herself authentically and that um, she grew up in Hong Kong and she's East Indian. And so she was a Hindu in Hong Kong going to school at a Catholic church, <laughs> Catholic school. So she's like um, hit with all these different cultures. But in the East, they call cancer uh, the Western disease. because it's not often found there as much as it is here. So there's some kind of connection in there that if we would only like look in that arena rather than you know looking in a uh, Petri dish, which I find valuable too because you know, shadows, cancer was eradicated by radiation, you know? So we've used it, but you know, and we've used surgery, we've used these things for the cancer that we've experienced in our past. But she says we're looking in the wrong direction for the overall healing and the overall prevention of it. And so this song <laughs> just got me thinking about colors. So red, red is the root chakra, the base of your spine. And it is where your flight fright <laughs> information is. It represents survival, grounding, passion, strength, power, war, desire, love, raises blood pressure, and it is an involuntary response for your eyes to see the color red, no matter what. So anybody who wants to be incognito, that's not the color you wanna wear. <laughs> If you don't want the cops to see you're speeding, don't drive a red car. And red cars and red vehicles actually have a higher insurance rate because the cops see you first. That's why the cops, um, red light, that's why a red light means stop. Red, red stop signs are means stop because you can't help but not see it. Your eye will go to the color red no matter what is in front of it. So think about it, try and you know, because I used to teach acting and all the lights on the cameras, they should change them to green, but when the cameras are on, they're red. And if you're working in a multi-camera situation and the lights go here and the light goes off, it's all red lights. And you're not supposed to look at the camera. <laughs> so you literally have to, I had to teach people to train themselves to be so focused and on the energy of what they're saying and what they're doing so that when the red lights didn't went kept going like this that you weren't doing one. Do you think your job is hard, right? <laughs> and on a sitcom, it's not a little red light, you know the, how it is on your little video cameras and stuff? It's a light about this big on top of each camera. And so it's like these flashing red lights going off all the time. Nearly impossible not to catch your eye in the lens, which then ruins the shot, and they have to shoot all over again. Orange is the second chakra, and it's where your emotions and your creativity and your sexuality and your joy and sunshine and happiness and creativity and success and stimulation. <sighs> right here. Right here. I have orange wool. I do. I do. You know, if you're aware of what the colors mean, you know in the Native American cultures, their colors mean everything. And even when they would paint their faces, whatever paint that you put on the color and its representation, if you put on a color that did not, and the tribe knew that was not your color and didn't express something that was yours and uniquely, you know, that expresses your gifts, it was shameful. It was shameful. You weren't allowed to wear colors that didn't represent your true beingness. 
Now, I'm going to go a little further because the reason I'm going through this is that you could add colors to your life depending on what's going on with you, you know? I don't know if there was room for that because I don't know enough about their culture, but could you wear colors to grow into? You know what I mean? But we can. We can do that. Yellow is the third chakra, your gut, your solar plexus. It's what... Uh, uh, in martial arts, is where your chi comes from. It's where your connection comes from. It's where your intellect is. We think it's up here. This is where it is. This is where it connects to. Your personal power is cheerful. It generates muscle energy. It draws attention. It also can be disturbing because as much as your involuntary um, response to see the color red... Uh, it takes more vitamins to see the color yellow because it's so bright. It, it takes a lot of energy to see it. So you can't sit and work in a room that's full of yellow. Otherwise, you will actually, it will fill you with anxiety. Babies cry more in nurseries that are painted yellow. You, we think it's like this bright, cheery thing for them. No, it's like, ah. <laughs> Legal pads, you know how legal pads are, are yellow? They take so much concentration while you're writing that they use them as legal pads because you will absorb more information and remember it better because it's on the yellow pad. So we've known all this kind of stuff. This is, we've been using these things forever, just not necessarily told that we can use color in our lives to promote or to heal or to shift Blue is the fifth chakra. Oh, I just skipped one. I just switched. Green is the heart chakra. <laughs> I forgot on my computer to move it up. <laughs> the green is your heart chakra. It's where integration, love, and connection is. Our response to nature. It's connected to safety, to money. It's where our healing power is. It's where the depth of our being resides. It's stability. It's trust. It's faith. When you're connected to the green, it'll slow down your metabolism. It causes tranquility, calmness, and it's the color of sincerity. What I love about it is this is where you integrate. This is the intellect, and this is the integration. And then blue is the fifth chakra, which is your expression of truth because it's in your throat. It's where truth of your being resides. I don't know about you, but the first thing I was told not to do was to use my voice to tell the truth <laughs> about anything. The only thing that could come out of my mouth was what was acceptable. And they decided what that was. And I'm, well, I'm not just talking about familial, you know what I mean, the schools and the politics. You know what I mean? We, we are raised in a culture where our voice does not matter. So we learn not to tell the truth of our authenticity and to share that. So how many sore throats do we get? How many flu seasons do we have? You know, how many, how many diseases do we have where we can't speak, where we can't? where we can't show up and breathe. Right there. It's where you communicate your uniqueness, your authenticity, your sympathy. It's where your idealistic spiritual nature comes from. Right here. And a lot of us use it in the other expressions instead of the way we speak. I'm a writer. I actually speak other people's words. <laughs> you sing songs and write songs. Other people use music. Other people use art in order to get that out. And all of that is valid. And usually it involves color. And then indigo is your third eye. And it is almost purplish. And it's your um, intuition, your ESP, your inner wisdom. And um, recently, I, 
for those of you who don't know me, I've had to learn how to meditate and find um, the, <laughs> the value in it because <laughs> it's been very hard. But once you get to a place where I could actually just connect to it, when you close your eyes, that I, that's where I see all the colors. When I get connected there, that ESP, that connection, that's where I get that. And I mentioned last week that I learned that each of these chakras are connected to a, um, a gland, your adrenal system. And individually, your adrenal, gland, your adrenal glands in each of these areas do not communicate with each other except through meditation. And each one of them, depending on where they are, they grasp traumas. And vibrate with that trauma and excrete, do you know what I mean, toxins, instead of processing them. So that got me. <laughs> it got me. I went, okay, you know, if I'm going to authentically do this, then I need to actually figure out a way that works for me, which I've actually done. But it is fascinating that those glands and your adrenal system can be responsive to just closing your eyes and connecting all of these chakras and connecting to these energy centers that belong to you, that you were born with. Purple, the crown chakra, it's the universal connection, spirituality, consciousness. It depicts royalty, power, nobility, luxury, ambition, wealth, wisdom, dignity, independence, mystery, magic. 75% of children apparently choose co the color purple over other colors. Does that surprise anybody? Not having children, but it surprised me a lot. 75% choose the color purple first. I think because they remember more than we do, <laughs> you know, they kind of live in this connected because they haven't walked upright enough and been conditioned or domesticated enough to cut themselves off from that kind of energy, the universal energy. Children have to be taught to hate others, you know? It's a, it's a learned thing culturally. So now I'm going to go back to some of the like little different colors. Pink is a derivation uh, red. <laughs> and pink is gentle. And it represents, we just did Valentine's Day, you know, it's the red, red roses. But pink is gentle, loving, tenderness, vulnerability, non-threatening, innocence, optimism, nurturing, kindness. So, what? Yes, Paul got me a pink orchid for Valentine's Day. Um, but um, they knew that this is a calming thing. Like, would it, it like lowers your blood pressure instead of the red? So apparently, they started putting them in and painting jail cells um, pink. But um, when I read into it further, it's like a Pepto Bismol pink. <laughs> I'm sure that was a contractor's version of what they meant by putting pink on those walls because, you know, like take your medicine. Because how else are you, if you're going to call it Pepto-Bismol pink, then that's what it's reminding you of. It's not calming you down, giving you an upset stomach because <laughs> it's triggering those ideas, you know. But can you see it's like a contractor going, well, they want pink. <laughs> It just had to be somebody's idea that that's what they meant by the pink. I doubt that's the shade of pink that they were looking for or the hue. And white represents cleanliness, perfection. It's usually positive. It represents purity and faith. My mother was a nurse in the 50s and 60s when they had all the white, right? The white uniforms, the white starched hats, the white hose, white shoes. In my house, we had white walls, white sheets, <laughs> white furniture. We had white everything. And then I kind of grew up like that, and I wore white clothes. 
And um, mostly because I was broke, so if it got a stain on it, I could bleach it out. <laughs> so it lasted longer, the white clothes, you know? And then I met this woman who just dressed kind of like what I'm doing now, <laughs> the way I am now. And she goes, and she's from uh, Brooklyn. She goes, Colette, <laughs> you need some color in your life. <laughs> As I was writing this talk, I said, I have to call Sheila and, and, and let her know. She's a beautiful, colorful woman. She's got bright red hair with a streak. She's like always dressed to the nines, but colorful. And she inspired me to get into color, which then got me into painting, which then became my career at one point. And my specialty was being able to see what colors were in color and create new colors and colors to match people's tiles and other furniture and their fabrics. And so I had this, I had this gift that I had no idea I had just to wake up this idea with color because I had this angel who came in and said, Colette, you need some color in your life. <laughs> Black. Black represents formality, power, fear of the unknown, mystery, death, grief, evil. You know, what's interesting to me is every time somebody sees all the other wolves, the white wolves, I never thought they were this color, right? They see Wakan, who's black, and they're like, now that's a wolf. Now that, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating because it's just how that color affects us and then our association with the evil, big, bad wolf and the little red riding hood. And, and, I, and almost everybody who meets him says the same thing. Now that's a wolf, as though the others are not, but it's a color thing, you know? The white purity and justice and positive and the faith, and then you see the black one and you're like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. And what's interesting is that he's the only one that's not good with children, do you know what I mean? And he's resonating to that idea, I believe. People see him and go, ooh. And so he goes, woo, -woo, -woo. <laughs> you know, he's, he's getting the message that he's scary. And so, you know, he'll be five next year, but I'm, I'm sure that it's because we see this color and we're reactive. In their world, it's probably not a big deal. But here it's like, woo. And then he goes, woo. And that's his life with the socialization of the people. And when you see him after we finish here, you'll know what I'm talking about if you haven't met him yet. So color has this psychological motivation also, like red denotes power and blue intimacy, white is the color of peace and the, you know, the dove, white dove. And yellow is always a representation of fun. What a color is the fun houses that they do, <laughs> do you know what I mean? McDonald's, what color is that in, you know? Oscar Wilde says, mere color, unspoiled by meaning and unallied with definite form, can speak to the soul in a thousand different ways. It is one of those tests that we have when we meet somebody new. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? And then we learn something about them because of the color that they say, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't ask it. We wouldn't care. Songs with colors in it, you know? True colors. <laughs> it's beautiful songs about color. Pablo Picasso says, why do two colors put one next to the other seem? Can one, react, can one really explain this? No, just as no one can learn how to paint. That's Picasso. People try to learn to imitate painting. You can do that. But painting, that comes from someplace. It comes from inside of you. Susie Kasem says, this is God's universe, and it is the master gardener of all. If we were to eliminate all colors in, in, in this garden, then what would be a rainbow with only one color? or a garden with only one kind of flower? Why would the creator create a vast assortment of plants, ethnicities, and animals if only one beast or one seed is to dominate all of existence? 
Well, I go back to how I open the day. All of creation is ours. It's filled with color. It's filled with color. There's a reason you go to the beach to feel serene. You know, there's a reason I climb trees to feel protected. Green is my favorite color. Yellow is my favorite color flower because it makes me happy. <laughs> I glow at the thought of a color of a yellow flower. Paul has planted trees and roses and different sages that will grow here, that are indigenous here, so that all year round we have color somewhere. Right now it's the rosemary. It has the purple flowers on it in the dead of winter. <laughs> he just moved our rose garden to, to another space so we can see it in the office because he wants to make room and give the wolves uh, a grassy area so they can graze. You know? It's like we have tree, we have mimosa trees with pink flowers that are fragrant. We have ro we're surrounded by roses everywhere in the springtime. We have trees that bloom in the early spring and trees that bloom in November. So there's this plan. And I don't know if you, you guys know my story, but we met because I was trying to plant a garden for my birthday and I didn't know what I was doing. And because I grew up in this white, orderly, you know, <laughs> perfect family, I was trying to plant a garden that way. And um, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know how to do it differently. And um, that's how Paul and I came together. Is I saw his motors, bright blue motorcycle. I headed in that direction. <laughs> he came to my house and planted a garden. And he just took plants. He didn't go and look and plan or set them this way to see if they were okay. That's the thing about the art. That's what Picasso is talking about. You know, <laughs> he just... He just started digging and grabbing a plant and putting it in, and then the result was this masterpiece. And I watched him in awe, because I am a creative person, but not like that. I just watched him create this thing that I had in my head that I couldn't do, because that's his gift. Um, you guys ever heard the, the, the um, book, What Colors Your Parachute? You guys know that? So I, I was introduced to it in the 80s. And basically, what color is your parachute is about how to find the, your right job on the planet. Coming from you knowing who you are and what your gifts are. So what color are you? <laughs> what color is your parachute? The one that rescues you and puts you in the world so that you can do your divine purpose. And this is just some of the stuff that he says. In any situation we may ever find ourselves, no matter how much we feel, we are at the mercy of vast immutable forces that are totally beyond our control. We can always find something that is within our control, however small, and work on that. Sometimes that may only change a little. Sometimes it may be a lot. You just never know. But what we do know is that by working on even that 2%, it saves us from a feeling of complete powerlessness. And this book is written for people who have been working a job or lost jobs because of recessions, starting over again late in life. Do you know what I mean? And totally powerless over their situation and where do I go from here? Which is a lot of people I know in this room and I've suffered it many times in my life with all the little careers I've had. <laughs> but this book is to help you. It's a workbook, actually, where you discover what your gifts and your talents are. So that's what you put on your resume. Not a job, but your gifts. The best parts of this world were not fashioned by those who were realistic. They were fashioned by those who dared to look hard at their wishes and then give them horses to ride. Paul had a dream about wolves and 
educating people and I knew how to educate people and we came together when I was turning 52 and did not know what I was going to do with the rest of my life in the middle of a financial crisis, two weeks away from being homeless. But I had a spiritual practice that I was hoping was working. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That 2% and Lynn knows me from all the way back then. Lynn and I went to, to I know. <laughs> Lynn was there. <laughs> We've never spoken about it, but I know she was there when I was a walking open wound, bouncing off the walls, trying to figure out what I was going to do and how I was going to make it. Unless you look dirty, wild, and disreputable and smell really bad, if you know your, what your talent is, I guarantee you some employer is looking for you. You have to believe that you have a gift to bring to the table. You understand? Which is why I do this, to help you to remember who you are. That you are that special, that you are that necessary, that you are that vibrational, that you know, like the pebble that goes in the water and your rippling out effect is landing on the planet. I say this all the time. I've learned about DNA. We leave our DNA wherever we go. And our DNA responds to us no matter how far away we are from it. You brush your teeth in China on vacation and you come home, your DNA is still in China responding to your energy. Think about that. Anyone who has children, that's why you know your kids are in trouble. That's how you know your parents are in trouble. It's your DNA is vibrating anywhere you were and left it. That is an actual scientific study, by the way. I'm not just making that up. <laughs> it sounds like it. But they did. That's how they, they discovered that. I wouldn't even be talking about it had I not read it. The object is to keep busy being something. That's what we're taught to do, be something. As opposed to doing something. We are all sent here to bring more gratitude, more kindness, more forgiveness, and more love into this world. That is too big a job to be accomplished by just a small few. We have a responsibility to come here and be our authentic selves, to make a better world for all of us to live in, and not just a little bit of us, but all of us. And we've been taught not to share our uniqueness because it's not the same as everybody else's, and don't you dare embarrass me out there. So we cover our heads and we keep our heads down or we fight with each other to feel more powerful when we feel powerless and we've created a world where we don't take care of each other. And yet that's what we're here to do is be with each other and unify with each other and share with each other and hold each other up. That's what the wolf pack does. Everybody eats. Everybody eats. Value Chindu says this, if you're to, if you, if you're to choose to paint your life today, what will it be? But what I want you to remember is that you're the artist, not the canvas. I think that's the most profound quote that I brought in today. How many of you have been a canvas that somebody else has been painting on? For most of your life. You're the artist. Paint your own canvas. <laughs> and tell them to take their paint someplace else. <laughs> Amit Ray, life is a manifestation of the unified field of consciousness. Colors, beauty, pleasure, and pain are its songs of creation. I want to paint the rest of my days with the best colors. That's Dibashish Mirda. And Deepak Chopra says, 
The more boundless your vision, the more real you are. And I'm going to add, when you voice what your vision is, you turn it into matter. You know how when you're, you're grieving over something, until you get it out of your mouth and out of your body and it land, those words land someplace, that's where the healing begins. Because those experiences then become real. Instead of something you think you can manage around. You know what I mean? That you can shove down. And if I don't talk about it, then it will hurt less. T.F. Hodge says, fully inhale your dream and completely ex exhale manifestation of it. Breathe it in and breathe it out. Ralph Waldo Emerson, though we travel the world over to find the beautiful, we must carry it within us or we will find it not. Your beauty is not out there. If this is where you're unified and this is where your chi is unifying from here and if you're working from up this way, you're coming from the primal existence of your being and then expressing it through this spiritual process and becoming and living the spiritual being you were born to do. We are not human beings searching for a spiritual experience. We are the spiritual experience as human beings. We got it backwards. And it's up to us to turn it around. The most beautiful thing we can experience, this is Albert Einstein, is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and science. He to whom this emotion is stranger, who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe, is as good as dead, his eyes are closed. If you have nothing left to see, how are you going to know yourself? Moment to moment through whatever happens to you. Because I'm telling you, whoever you meet, wherever you step, whatever you do affects you and changes you in the moment. And you get the choice of where you're going to step and where you're stepping into. And your body and that chi and all of this will tell you the right place to go and when you're in the wrong place. And instead of beating yourself up, you just back yourself out and go in another direction. Then find that color that you gravitate to, that puts you in a state of balance and love and meaning. Anita Murjani from Dying to Be Me, she says, you know, light is all, all light. White light is all light. And that's what the prism does, is it breaks it up and that's the rainbows. And you can't judge green over yellow, you know? Like, it's just light and it vibrates. <laughs> and what we do is go, well, I think the red is bad, so I'm gonna choose the green. And the green is better than the red, by the way. And that's what we do <laughs> with each other, rather than knowing that it's all one white light. And if you just look at it a certain way, then it's all the same thing, it just resonates and vibrates as a different vibration of color. That's all color is. Not one better than the other. Not one thing on the planet better than the other. It all works together. If you can embrace that. So with that, I'm gonna bring Cheryl up and she's gonna sing her song that inspired this whole talk. <laughs> Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you for coming with us today.
happens if you're colorblind? <laughs> you didn't talk about that, Colette. <laughs> colorblind. I'm not going to pretend that I do. <laughs> all I do know, though, is that when you are uh, deficient in one sense, all the others start to heighten. So don't, it's still a vibration. Do you know what I mean? It's still, we just still live in a vibrational universe. So there you go. Victoria June says this, having a vision is not enough. It must be combined with imagination, determination, faith, hope, and passion. It is not enough to just stare up at the stars. We must become the stars that the stars shine down on. <laughs> Thank you very much, you guys. Hi. Such a great image, right? <laughs> So thank you so much. What I want to let you know is that um, we're going to stick around and we'll take a little break and then we'll go see the wolves and we'll go visit the pack. But um, to have some refreshments here and talk to each other and say hi. Um, uh, as uh, some of you know, we don't pass a basket, but if you have a monetary gift that you'd like to share with us, it helps us keep going, which we're really grateful for. And there's a couple of jars out there and you can just put anything that you can in the um, donation jars. We also do um, this burden basket. There's a basket out there with an antler on it. If you have anything, a burden that you do not want to leave this place with and go home with, write it down. 
fold it up, put it in the basket, and I will burn it later in a prayer and send it into the nothingness and into the hands of grace. And you can let that go. Also, if there's something that you're grateful for and you want to share it with us, you can write that on a piece of paper. There's a Navajo jar there with black wolf on it. Just stick that in there. So we'll end with um, the face of God, which is <laughs> how I always end everything. And it has a little uh, sign language to it. So it goes like this. You are the face of God. I hold you in my heart. You are a part of me. You are the face of God. I'm starting to do private um, spiritual counseling. If you're interested, you can find the information on the Shadowland website under Wolf Wisdom. Um, namaste. Have a beautiful day, everybody.